Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. I'm talking about every day before you choose to wake up and uh, from get up from your bed that you've chosen, number one, you've chosen God first. You say, well, that's a no-brainer, and it is a no-brainer until you have something happen during that day that you weren't prepared for, but when you get up and you prepare by saying, God, I choose you today before this day ever begins. I choose to put you first before anything else tries to get my attention. I choose you. Because we live in a world that is so fast-paced that it's absolutely amazing. You can order something on Amazon right now and get it by tomorrow morning. And trust me, I know Amazon well. And so the, the reality is everything's moving so fast that sometimes people say, well, you know, I just wasn't, when they do something dumb, have you ever heard the words, I just wasn't thinking? You're right. You know, we do things and we say, I wasn't thinking. Why? Because we didn't prepare ahead of time to think about what might happen and how we will respond to what might happen. It'd be great if we could just, you know, God would say, hey, what do you want? And we could tell him and it happened, kind of like Amazon. God is not Amazon, trust me. Those who wait upon the Lord, sometimes it's like, okay, God, it's been how long now? God was having a, an encounter, or this man was having an encounter with God, and actually, just out of the blue, God says, you know, what, what is the one thing that you, you wish you could do or experience in this world? If there was one thing, what would it be? He said, well, God, you know, I live on the mainland, and he said, I've always wanted to go to Hawaii, but I'm afraid to fly. And uh, he said, would you do me a favor and build a highway from the mainland to the islands because I really want to go. God's response was, well, that, that'd be a lot. That'd be really difficult and a lot of work and a lot of time. Do you have another request that, that you know, we can talk about something you've always wanted? He said, well, God, you know, I've been married four times. I've been a fail, pretty fail at, at marriage. And he says, you know, could you just help me maybe understand, because I guess I've been insensitive, understand what a woman's thinking, what she's feeling. Could you help me understand her mood swings? And God responded, you want a two-lane or four-lane? <laughs> don't get mad at me. It's just a joke. Just a joke. Women are so much ahead of men that that's how come girls, you know, I, I wanted all girls when we had kids because the insurance is cheaper when they start driving. You know, they used to say that a man's brain didn't develop until he was 25. They've done new research, and now it's 55. Uh, so, anyway, uh, I'm just trying to balance things out a little bit there, women, I, for you. I just uh, wanted you to know that. So, in, in Deuteronomy, I read this every week, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today. I place before you life and death, blessing and curse. Choose life so that you and your children will live. And love God, your God. Listen obediently to him, firmly embracing him. Oh, yes, he is life itself, a long life settled on the soil that God, your God, promised to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So God is saying, I've laid all this out before you, and, and you have a role to play in experiencing the life that you want to experience. 
God gets a lot of blame. Uh, you know, a matter of fact, when disasters happen, oftentimes people who don't know God and that he's a good God say, well, this disaster is an act of God. And we all know it's not an act of God. It's an act of a fallen world that chose to be fallen when Adam and Eve chose to eat uh, from the wrong tree in the garden, which released the curse and released sin, forcing God to do something that would reconnect him with us and us with him. And so many times people say, well, why? I can't believe this happened to me. Well, you know, what if we said, you know, if we're okay with God and we understand it, why shouldn't it happen to me? In other words, we expect it to happen to somebody else, but we don't expect it to happen to us. And what I realized in life is sometimes I look and go, I've been very blessed, and I have been, and very fortunate, and I have been. But the reality is I, I realize that I have a lot of friends who things haven't gone as well, and it makes me kind of feel bad because I'm thinking, why did it happen to them and not me? I've lost probably more classmates than any given class that graduated from my high school, and, and it's been an amazing thing to, to experience, and I've had to choose, and this is very, very important for all of us, to choose to trust God before another day happens, before anything happens. And how many of you know that things happen like in triplets sometimes? You know, you get one speeding ticket, you get another speeding ticket, and you get another speeding ticket, and it's like everybody else was going just as fast as me. But you should look and say, I'm so honored that he chose me. <laughs> Out of all the cars that were speeding, I got picked. I'm special. There are just different ways to choose to respond to crisis. As a matter of fact, I got pulled over the other day, and he goes, you know why I stopped you? I said, yeah, I was going way fast. And he didn't even smile. I thought I'd at least get a giggle out of him. I didn't know they charged $172 for a speeding ticket. And I went, I won't speed again. I'm going to put a snail sticker on my car to remind me, slow down. It's been a long time since I had a ticket. It was kind of a fun experience. I was new. I, they, they, everything's computerized now. They don't even write them anymore. Used to, you couldn't even see the officer's name. Now it's very clear. They print them out. You're on public record. Now, everybody, every state in America knows I got a ticket. That's really funky, isn't it? Back in the day, you could get by with a lot of stuff. Not anymore. They got cameras everywhere, computers everywhere. You can't sneeze without the world knowing. So we have to be ahead of the challenges that are going to come our way. We have to be prepared to respond out of a biblical understanding instead of an emotional crisis. And this is the unfortunate thing about the church in the world today, Christians. We really have not, uh, we have not pressed into God, in, in the Word of God, to respond appropriately to crises and to other people. In fact, we feel like if we've been mistreated, we have a right to mistreat somebody. And then we get real spiritual. This is what religious people do. God, I don't want to get them back, but I'm praying somebody does. Yeah, that's how, no, this is where we are as a society. It's like Christians have to go, no, God, don't repay evil for evil. That, we don't do that. Now, you say, but, but they deserve it, and, and they hurt me, and they robbed from me, and they cheated me, and all those things. And that may be true, but when you hand something over to God, he does a lot better job responding to it than we do. It's interesting, Susan and I have been remodeling a, a little place that we bought here. We sold a home that we thought we, with nine kids that they would come and visit us. 
but I guess praying that they wouldn't worked more than them coming. <laughs> and so we saw, we, this house is too big. There, we're two people. I'm a minimalist. I don't need a lot. You know what I'm saying? I just, I'm happy in life. And, and so we, we sold it. We moved into an apartment uh, to, to take about it, you know, take our time. You know, this is wisdom. Take your time to find what you want. And, and so we took, uh, we, when we sold it, it was just right before the pandemic. And then we, uh, pandemic hit. And so we stayed in the apartment a little longer. We finally found what we wanted here and started remodeling it. And, uh, you know, it, it really has kind of been an exercise for me uh, being uh, well over 50 <laughs> in an apartment with a bunch of young punks. You know what I'm saying? I mean, young people. Um, <laughs> it's really weird. You know, I'm, I'm sure they're looking at oh, look at grandma and grandpa. They can't even get into anything but an apartment like us, you know. And so it was working on my ego a little bit. You know what I'm saying? My ego was getting damaged every day, driving in with these kids, you know, thumping music. <laughs> I'm coming in with amazing grace. And, <laughs> and, and so, you know, it, it's been a real exercise. So we, we've, been, we've been working 12, 12 hour days remodeling and working to get it remodeled. And, and finally, we were coming to the end and we weren't going to quite make it. So we went to the apartment complex and said, hey, would you, could we extend two days? We need two days, you know, so we paid them. We did all that. Well, nowadays, you know, they don't have keys anymore. They have the, all these electronic, uh, electronic fobs, and they program them on a computer. So we paid, and we thought, well, they'll, you know, they're going to put in the computer that our fob will work. Well, after a 12 to 14-hour day last Thursday, we, we go back to our apartment, and, and I went like this to rub it on there, and it's red. How many of you know red is never a good sign? On a police car, driving through stoplights, you know, all the red. Red is, red is a flare. And so I went, uh-oh. And so uh, Susan gets on the phone and, and calls the emergency number and says, you know, we're, we're locked out. And, of course, immediately, they, they always tell you when you're locked out, to get somebody to come and open it is $50. Well, the guy lives on the property, so you know this is a ripoff, right? Yeah, you're thinking, and so in my mind, I'm immediately going, and Susan goes, well, you know, it's not our fault, you know, we paid, and you guys were supposed to extend it, and well, we don't care, you know. How many of you know, those words don't fly real well in the flesh. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to have to, I'm, I'm Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Before you choose to get mad, think through all the stuff. So not only did he, he, it took forever for him to get there, and we're literally, we're old people, kind of older people, in an apartment complex, sitting on a stoop. I'm thinking, the neighbors there are looking, look at those poor old people. I mean, so again, my flesh is wanting to go, no, we really do have some money and we have a home, and I mean, you know, I'm wanting to go like, but, but, but you know, these young punks are looking, people... And so finally, he says, he gets there, and I, it's $50, and I said, no. I said, here's $60. i am going to tell you, I'm going to crucify the flesh. Here's $60. Because I, I wanted to say, I ain't paying you nothing. You can take it up with me tomorrow, because he already unlocked it. I didn't have to pay him. You know what I'm saying. But see, I had to choose ahead of time to be Christian. Being Christian sometimes is not easy. You know, it's just not easy. Being a Christian, matter of fact, is very tough because we have to deal with what we were born with. 
You were born in the flesh. Wouldn't it have been nice just to walk around the world invisible? Just floating around like having your God body already, you know? No, we're flesh. And so then then Susan and I are talking, and and we're both, you know, fighting the frustration. And she says, tomorrow we're going to the office. And I thought, I I had, you know, I had to go, nah, nah. And so I sent her over when the movers were there to the house, and I'm at the apartment because I thought this might not go well because we're like both frustrated. And I decided I'm going to vacuum everything. I'm going to do everything. Oh, my flesh with every vacuum mark. I wanted to hit the baseboard. I vacuumed, yeah, and I creased every baseboard. But I've chosen God, right? I've chosen to be a Christian. I've chosen the gospel. I've chosen the good news. Why? I chose before this event ever happened to try to act like Jesus. Notice I said try. So the next day when I was done, I left the key fobs, the gate clickers, the garage door opener on the kitchen counter, and I texted them and said, I'm out. I want to say, I am so out. But I thought just the word so would have twisted it a little bit. So what I'm saying is this series, before you choose to behave a certain way, before you choose to hate a certain person, before you choose to have a bad day, think ahead of time. You have been bought with a price, you belong to God, and your worst day still can be your best life because you've chosen to be positive instead of negative. You've chose to believe instead of doubt. You've chose to stand instead of run. You've chosen God. And we have to choose ahead of time because if you don't choose ahead of time, there's no telling what your flesh will do. When somebody's mean to you, you want to be mean back. You, you immediately, I mean, and it's, it's so in our nature when someone honks at you. What I try to do now when someone honks at me is just wave. Which really I found irritates them even more. When you're nice to someone who wants to fight, they get even more angry. So what do you do? I mean, how do you win? You do what Jesus would have you do. The old WWJD thing. What would he do? That's what I have to ask. So every morning since I started this series, I get up and I think, I'm going to practice this out in my life. Today I choose you, God. Today I choose peace. Today I choose to be kind because I know there are going to be stupid people, and I might even be one of them. You ever think you're not stupid but the whole world is? You have real issues. You need a therapist. (laughs) Because any one of us can get our stupid on in a minute. So I have to keep my confession. See, when you begin to declare things, believe it or not, when you speak out loud to yourself how you might respond, there's a good chance you will respond. You can't always say what you think. It will get you in trouble. And so we have to be ready at all times before a choice presents itself to us how we're going to respond to it. And I keep massaging this one thought that, that I talk about pretty regularly because in Oklahoma City, it's become a real issue, not just here, but in Austin, so many cities, there are so many homeless people. And, uh, you know, you, you go driving down any st- street in Oklahoma City, uh, you know, there, there are going to be probably people standing on a street corner, sitting on a street corner. And, and you know, a lot of people have real issue and, and are, are very judgmental. 
And I understand there are probably some schemes out there. There are probably some things. But the reality is it's not my responsibility to think for you or anybody else. It's my responsibility to think for me. If I care about how you feel or how you think about somebody, I might be influenced by that. Instead of saying, what does God think about them? Because the reality is I don't know why they got there. I don't know how they got there. I just know that they're there. And what I, the reason I'm sharing this is every time I see them, it's very difficult for me because I have compassion. I really do. I don't even care when somebody says, well, you know, I hear that they take turns and, and then they, they have a pool at home and they got a car. I'm thinking, well, good for y'all. It's working. <laughs> Maybe we're the dumb ones that go to work from 8 to 5. I don't know. I mean, think about it. Why are we getting mad at them? What, what? Because they're panhandling? Or maybe because you don't have the courage to go do it? I don't know. Get a permit. <laughs> but we get judgmental because we really haven't processed that decision before we get to that stoplight. And so every time I get there, I mean, there are times, don't get me wrong, I fake it like I'm talking to somebody who's not in the seat next to me just so I don't have to look and feel this sense of guilt. Oh, God, I could help. You know, how you doing? And they look in. There's nobody there. They think he's crazier than I am. And then they just go back to the other car. They keep walking, you know. I'm giving you a help here, some help up in here. But so I'm forced to make a choice, a decision in that moment, what I'm going to do. And there have been times I've stopped and I've given them money, and some of y'all will judge me for that, and then others will judge me for not. I don't know. But, you know, I'm not going to stand before Jesus for you, and you're not going to stand before Jesus for me. I'm going to stand before Jesus myself. And so every choice I make is my choice. You can blame your mom and dad. You can blame your first grade teacher. You can blame anybody you want to blame. But at the end of the day, before you choose, realize it's your choice, not somebody else's. You're responding according to your convictions or lack of convictions concerning that situation. So be prepared. Be prepared. You can get mad all you want. It's not going to change whether somebody's standing on a street corner or not. And we get all bent out of shape about the way people uh, make a living or try to make a living, whatever. We, 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 we have trouble with that. And so what I'm saying is that you have the capacity, according to the Apostle Paul, to have the mind of Christ. But we have to address our thought life and our thinking first because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That's who you are. That's who I am. And so I try to address my, my thought life. I try to ahead of time say, you know what? I want to make right decisions. I, I, I'm so far from 100%. But what I've realized in life is that everything I am and everywhere I am today is a result of choices I made. Now, you can blame your mom and dad, and we grew up lower middle class, and my mom and dad were really fine people, but, you know, I, I didn't learn a lot about life and living. We lived in a little community, and I could say, well, you know, since I didn't have the best education and we weren't brought up in the best school district and yada, 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 I could choose to feel beat down, I could, I, could, I, could, I could choose if I wanted to allow the past to affect my future 
Instead, I've decided to get up every day and go, this is the day the Lord has made. I choose to rejoice and be glad in it. I choose. You say, well, you know, we're behind on payments. We're behind on this. We're behind on that. So-and-so sick. You know, well, and you can go through all those lists. And let me tell you, if you owe a, a bill collector, you owe a hospital money, you getting upset is not going to pay the bill. It's not going to help. And so you, you can determine, I'm going to be mad, frustrated, and worried, or you can choose ahead of time to say, you know what? I choose to trust God. I choose to worship God. I choose to serve God. It's a choice. And there will always be people around you trying to influence you, not because they're mean, not because they're bad, but to influence you to feel the way they feel about every circumstance or situation. And if you're not careful, you will succumb to their emotions instead of the Bible being your standard, they become your standard. I don't have a right on any given day to feel anything but grateful. To be honest with you, you can say, well, what about days that are really tough? I don't have a right to feel any way but grateful. Bible says in all things, give thanks and for all things. God is doing a work. There's a test in our lives going on every day. You're being tested. You're having a pop quiz. It's coming your way. How are you going to respond? There was a man that was standing in a long line at a grocery store. As many lines were lined up, he's deep. He couldn't find any place, so he just stood there. And one by one, he's watching the people in front of him and this cashier, and she was rude. She was not polite. And as a result, they were talking back. And this went on until he finally gets up there and he's thinking to himself, before I choose to follow suit, before I get to that clerk, I need to think through this. And he thought to himself, nothing has been accomplished, nothing good through the meanness and the exchange of words between her and and the customers. And the old saying is, you know, as a customer, you feel like, you know, I'm the customer, treat me right. Well, you know, that's great, and that's a great policy, but sometimes God says, you're a Christian, act right. So he gets up to the counter, and he looks, and rather than being bantering with her, he goes, you know, I've I've been in line, and I've been watching, and I've noticed that, that, that something's not right. Are you okay? He didn't judge her. He didn't bat. And as he asked for the first time, nobody else had asked the question, are you okay? She burst into tears. And he said, can I help you? Can I pray for you? What's wrong? She said, I I have very little money. My child is in the hospital, and I have to be here at work because it's the only income I have as a single mother. And he says, can I pray for you? All of a sudden, everything shifted because... One man, before he chose to get mean, chose to ask God. So before you choose to respond like everybody else and think, you know what? She shouldn't be working here. She's rude. She's unkind. She's abrasive. Instead, think, what can I do to maybe help this person? Even though I'm the customer, what can I do? You have to choose. You're not always going to be treated right. Somebody's always going to rip you off. Somebody's always going to be out there. And you can look at that person and you can, for the rest of your life, develop an attitude that everybody's out to get you and and the world is a bad place and everybody's after me and nothing good ever happens to me. Or you can choose ahead of time to say, you know what? Whatever does happen to me, I will worship the Lord. 
But oftentimes, we allow our emotions, our feelings, when we've been hurt, the first thing we want to do, what, is if somebody hits you, you want to hit back. That's just the nature of fallen man. But if you have made a decision ahead of time how you're going to respond to adversity, crisis, criticism, if you have chosen ahead of time, there's a really good chance you can respond appropriately and right. And this is why I had to prepare when this man was coming to open our apartment. I was exhausted. And, and how many of you know when you get tired, it's not a good thing. And what we do is say, well, my excuse is I'm tired and you put me out. That is not an excuse. I think Jesus was pretty fatigued in the garden. I think he was exhausted on the cross. And yet, from that place of pain, because he had chosen ahead of time that he came to this earth for the very pain that he was experiencing. And rather than being critical and mean and and, uh, calling angels to deliver him, out loud he says words that would transform and ring throughout history, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. You don't do that from your cross, his cross, or any cross without choosing ahead of time how you're going to respond to the pain of humanity. We all have that choice. Is it easy? No. Joshua 24, 15, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, this is a very polite statement. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Joshua was, he was a, a biblical rock star. He could have addressed the, 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 this group however he wanted, but he says, whether the gods which your father served on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. He said, but... As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He had made a decision way ahead of time. He chose in front of the division. He chose in front of those who worshiped other gods. But he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He doesn't say we'll worship the Lord. We will serve the Lord. In other words, he's saying, I'm not just... Uh, I'm, just, I'm not just vertical in my faith. He said, "We will," because when you serve the Lord, you're actually serving other people, and in doing so, it's actually a service to God. This is why, in a day where we ser- a generation of, of young people that that have been so put off by church and the handling or mishandling of crises and sin and people who have issues, this generation has seen enough. Say, you know, you mishandle people, you mistreat people in the church, and they're saying, I don't have to go to church to go to heaven. And as a pastor, I hate to tell you this, but they're right. You don't have to come to church to go to heaven. Now, you may have a difficult time throughout this life because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, and that being in the house of God and giving service to other people is a part of God's plan. The Bible says not to forsake the assemblings of ourselves together as we see the day drawing near. We have an admonition from the Bible to be in the house of God. And so if you, if you choose ahead of time not to be, you're going to miss out on a lot of things. You can worship from home, but you can't very well serve from home. Now you say, well, I got a bunch of kids. Well, God bless you. You should have thought about that before you had them. Anyway, so... But the reality is that people today in today's world, there, there's a sense of hopelessness, hopelessness, not just in our nation, but in the world. 
We need voices rising up and saying, let me tell you, I know how this thing finishes. There is no need to lose hope. We have a God that will never leave us and never forsake us. And anything that's bad that's happening to you, he said, I'll turn it for your good. If you'll just choose to believe. I have to choose ahead of time to believe that God, if there's a lack, God will provide. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. If you're sick today, he is your healer. You say, well, man, I don't feel healed. You don't go by what you feel. You go by who you know. And he promised. And he's not a man that he should lie. You know, you can't always explain God to somebody who's lost. It's just not even possible to explain it. That's why he says we live by faith. We live by faith. There's nothing else or no one else I'd rather put my faith in than Jesus Christ. I, I, can't, I can't introduce you to him today physically, but I can say this. He's a life changer when you put your trust and faith in him. He's a life changer. And I'll close with this thought. You say, well, how do I go about this? Well, I'm going to tell you, I wish I could say it was easy. And I've been doing this a long time, and it's, it's just not. It's, it's, it's a choice every day as to how you're going to respond to life. It's a choice every day. And, and some days are going to be easier than others. I love those days where it's just easy. Everybody's nice to me. And those are usually days I'm not driving in Oklahoma City traffic. Everybody's nice. And, and you go, wow, it's a wonderful day. You get a check in the mail. You get gifts. You get surprises. You find money. Bills paid off. Bills decrease. Blessing increase. And you go, Lord, thank you for meeting all my financial needs that I may have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then there are those days... Rather than checks in the mail, you get bills in the mail. And on those days, he becomes less God in your mind because now all of a sudden, I, why am I getting these bills? I was overcharged. I shouldn't have been charged. And then we've developed this attitude of, woe is me, I'm a victim, instead of looking and saying, God, I just want to thank you that all my bills, all these bills are paid. God, I thank you. And you know that you don't have the money in the account to do it. And everybody that's not a Christian and not a person that walks by faith will criticize you and say, you've so got your head buried in the sand. No, no, no. My head is in the clouds with God. So if somebody ever accuses you of having your head in the clouds, say, yeah, I'm just fellowshipping with Jesus. <laughs> but in this series, before you choose to be angry, before you choose to be a victim before you choose in your life to be negative stop and say I have a lot to be thankful for I have a lot to be thankful for choose ahead of time this week as you get up every morning I want to challenge you to get up and say God I I choose you I choose to trust you I choose to love you more importantly, I choose to love the people I come in contact with today. I choose to believe the best. I choose that. And you know what? You may get treated very poorly. You may be mistreated on your job. You may be unliked. But I promise you, if you'll keep a God attitude 
and you'll stay polite, there'll be more people coming after you than you have the time to deal with. People need somebody. We represent the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I tell you, as much as it pains my flesh to do what I'm preaching today, I know it's the right thing. Because we've all been mistreated. We've all been overlooked. We've all been judged. We've all been critical. And by the same token, we've all done that to other people. I'm so thankful for people who have demonstrated grace toward me in my times of difficulty. And I want to be a person that extends that same grace to other people. So I want to challenge us, you know, and I'll close with this thought because, you know, as a kid, many of us grew up, especially those of us over 50, that's as old as it's going to get in this house. My mother never once asked me, do you want to go to church? She got up and said, we're going to church. Fortunately, my hair was always cut in a burr so she couldn't grab me by the head of the hair and pull me out of bed, but she could do other things. Nowadays, if you make that mandate to your children, you are considered an ogre. You're not giving your kids the freedom to make right decisions. Come on, at 10 years old, you're letting your kid run your house. Do you want to go to church, Junior? No, leave me alone since we've to eat. <laughs> that didn't fly in our generation. I don't know why they call these this millennial Gen X. I call it the pansy generation. Now, that's probably unkind, but there may be some truth in it. Here's the deal. Discipline. 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 Not a word that we use much nowadays, discipline. If kids don't see your discipline, why would they be disciplined? If my mother would have made church an option, it wouldn't be an option for me today. It wouldn't even be something I would consider. But because she stood up and said, we're going to exercise, exercise like Joshua. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It wasn't something we got up and, do we want to go today? Do we want to go this week? No, we knew every Sunday we're going to church whether we're happy about it or not. Now, I know this is, this is tough talk in a day where we just, it's, it's Doris Day. Que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours, you see. Que sera, sera. There ain't no quesera in the kingdom. Every day that exists, you are the painter. The day is the blank canvas. You choose. Don't get up and let the canvas just be there and not put something to it. Get up and make a decision. You know, it'd be cool if you said, hey, it's Monday. Are we going to work today? 
That is never discussed at home. Why is it only on Sunday are we going to church today? Your disciplines will determine your destiny. Your disciplines will determine your destiny. Choose wisely. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, your patience, all the things that we desperately need to live the abundant life you've promised. The life that we live is a result of the choices that we make. You made your choice. You sent your only son to die on the cross for our sins, to give us life. You made a decision to love us and even every day love us when we're unlovable. So, Lord, today, may those watching, those in-house choose you. Every day, choose you. Choose the disciplines that bring us to our destinies. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I want everyone to pray this prayer with me because there are those who are watching online, those in-house, who have not made Jesus the Lord of their life. And I remember the day I did it. It was very difficult, and I don't know why, when I look back, why was it so difficult to trust the creator of heaven and earth, the one who gave his only son? Why was it so difficult? Because my flesh wanted everything my flesh wanted, and what I didn't realize, what what God had for me was so much better than I wanted. I didn't know that. I was not told that. But let me tell you, what God has for you is better than anything you could ever hope for. So let's all pray this prayer together. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin, and I declare today I am born again. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, please text the word SAVED, 405-500-1310. Just text the word SAVED, 405-513-10. You can put your name in there, whatever you want to do. We want you to know that, that we are praying with you, praying for you. This is something we do every week, and we believe that your best days are ahead. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.